You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon Fantasy, a football podcast, part of the Fate Teams podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, first-ranking officer of the Terry McLaurin Stand Club, constant doubter of Alvin Kamara, and BFFs with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by some of the guys today. We have the Duck Father, recovering Texans fan, foreteller of Devontae Parker's breakout and caster of the double reverse chutzpah, resident old man Clark Barnes, and fantasy football's premier internet doctor, loather of Adam Gase, sub-lieutenant of the SS Deshaun Jackson, and thinks your favorite team is run by donkeys, uh, the ginger beards growing back man, Nick Botterford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Good, Pete. How are you? I am doing well, running on a little bit low sleep. It's been a little bit exciting here. The last uh, two mornings, Bert woke up around 4 a.m. vomiting. Uh, so we've been taking care of that in our mornings, which has been a little sleep deprivation. Luckily, my parents are here to tell me that this is exactly what raising a child is like and that we have to look forward to that as well. So just except if you fuck up with the kid, they'll uh, remember it. Yes, that is like the fundamental difference that uh, both Becca and I are terrified of. It's like with a dog, there's, you know, it's basically like you can tell it no and and do all these things and it'll be fine because it'll unconditionally love you forever. And it's like with a kid, you have to navigate this whole uh, resentment in the teenage years and possibly further on. So what's going on, Bert? What what happened? We don't know. We're not entirely sure. He's just been... I think it's so up at the cabin, he's just had a lot more free space to like roam. And so I think he's just getting into shit and eating it and doesn't understand that it upsets his stomach. So, uh, so we've been very conscious of what he's been consuming outside and, uh, and giving him more regular meals. We gave him breakfast and dinner and now we're giving him a night snack because sometimes dogs throw up when they're hungry in the morning. We're, it's still kind of unsure is exactly what the issue is, but uh, hopefully tonight we will be able to sleep in and he won't uh, won't wake us with a pile of vomit to clean up. So first I thought you were going to say that he just has more things to do and he's so excited that he's throwing up. Um, but Which is not also be- entirely possible. So, so George does the same thing. If his stomach's empty, he'll puke and it's yellow. So if it's yellow, that's bile. And that means that he needs food. So we give him snacks throughout the day because damn guy's going to, puke it's great yeah and so that's that's the morning that's the morning he we freaked out a couple nights ago because or two nights ago yeah because uh because the fact that the bile turned red um which was just supposed to be like kind of throat aggravation said the vet anyways clark's giving us the sign that uh, and speaking of bile turning red (laughs) how about those jets against the bills this weekend (laughs) Oh, welcome to RB1 Colony Fantasy Dog Podcast. Um, yeah, we've got a lot to get to on uh, this this uh, Tuesday show. We are going to talk uh, waiver wire ads. 
And we are going to introduce a new segment we're going to do each week, the Panic Index, where we're going to talk about a player, each talk about a player who maybe uh, the general fantasy community is feeling a little bit worried about and uh, whether or not we are also worried about them, or maybe we are going to delay our worry. Uh, But of course, before we get into those things, we are going to start with the news. And as the news often becomes when uh, when the season begins and gets going, it's really just a rundown of injuries. Most notably, uh, Marlon Mack is out for the season. He tore his Achilles uh, as the Colts were beaten by the Jaguars and a little bit of an upset there. Obviously, and it's now come out that Jonathan Taylor will be the starter uh, and will be stepping into that huge role. Chances are Jonathan Taylor is taken in your league if you didn't draft him. So there's nothing really to come there. But Naheem Hines is likely available in your league and should be 100% added. He had uh, a big game for the Colts when Mack was out. He scored two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air, and was their leading receiver with eight catches. Uh, Clark, we've talked about Naheem Hines plenty of times on this show. Are you buying into this Colts backfield now that it's a little bit evener without, without Mack? Yeah, I was all over Mac because he is fine. He is a totally fine running back playing for a really smart coach and a quarterback who loves to throw to the running backs. Uh, with Mac out, we show we saw all the things that we had hoped for Naheen Hines for the past two years uh, actually did them incredibly quick. He got the ball a ton, which is a little worrisome for someone that size, but you just ride it until – there is an injury or, you know, you hope that he doesn't have one, but Heinz is for real. He is extremely talented and Philip rivers is going to throw him the ball. So if you're at all desperate for running back, absolutely go spend fab on Heinz. This is not a fluke. And Taylor showed that uh, he, he may be really good, but he is not ready for the full workload yet. So Heinz is absolutely a thing. So I've never been a fan of Naheem Heinz. Cause I just don't think he's very good. Um, yeah. But Philip Rivers, uh, yeah, no, I was always a Jordan Wilkins guy back in the day. But um, I was goodness. wrong. Um, <laughs> whoa, well, I was wrong about whoa, 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 whoa. Nick Bodiford admitting a wrong? What is yeah, this? I was, I was wrong about Wilkins, not about Hines. <laughs> what I see from Hines, I mean, it's just when you have, like, the game's, I don't know, best check down. Right. But like, like, not like captain check down, like, can't do other things. Just guy who loves to pepper the running backs to targets. He's just going to make uh, Hines work as a PPR back, so we should add him. But I just a moment of lamenting Marlon Mack. Like, we absolutely loved him here, and in a, a lot of drafters used him as, like, a late-round running back, too, who went wide receiver heavy early. Um, and what's I, it's just so tragic is he was, like, the unquestioned bell cow until he right. went out. Yeah, we were right. When we said he, don't draft Jonathan Taylor, we were right because it was Marlon Mack's backfield and then his Achilles snapped. Taylor, he did Taylor, I don't think he got his first touch until halfway through the second quarter. And and what was I mean, what I did really like to see with, with Jonathan Taylor is he got uh six targets, which we've talked about. Like he is a really I, it, he's a really bad pass catcher. And but the, but the point is, if you just get it's, – it's very similar to Leonard Fournette last year. If you just get a ton of targets, you're going to catch some of them, and it's going to raise your floor or raise your ceiling. So, I, all right, if if Rivers is just like, yeah, I don't care who's back there, I'm going to throw it to him, then I I have ranked Taylor this week. He will be, I think, the RB12. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think he's going to step into a big workload. Um, and we saw it right. The passing game was, it was something that was, he was involved in a little bit. And, uh, but I, I, for me personally, if you are, if you are looking to spend your fab somewhere this week, it is Naheem Hines. I think he's the number one guy you should be going to get off waivers because of what we saw with Austin Eckler last year, where Philip Rivers can't scramble out of the pocket. And so what he does is he just checks it down and Naheem Hines will be that guy. Uh, moving on in the news, other injuries, uh, the tight end position took a minor hit this <clears throat> this week, Blake Jarwin out for the season with a torn ACL oh, uh, and the, yeah. and the Browns put David and Joku on IR. It's a three. I think he's supposed to miss three weeks with uh, a, a bruised MCL or, or a sprained MCL. So he will be back, but that is a tight. That's two tight ends who were expected to have some fantasy production and value this year who are now off the table. Uh, if you're looking to replace them, might I humbly suggest a little bit of Dallas Goddard who, uh, led the Eagles in receptions, targets, and yards uh, in the first game and was the clear tight end one over Zach Ertz. And that relationship between the Eagles and Zach Ertz looks uh, tenuous at best. And so uh, who knows how long Zach Ertz might be on the Eagles anymore. And so getting a piece of Dallas Goddard right now, this will probably be your last chance to get him. So if you, if you just got hit at the tight end position and you don't necessarily want to stream, Dallas Goddard would be my target. Yeah, and I, and I think while we're mentioning tight end targets, I think O.J. Howard looked really good and looked to be um, more of the receiver tight end into tight end sets because Gronk is really good at blocking. blocking. So that's no insult to him. He's and probably Gronk a better receiver too. did not look like he could run that well. So Yeah, so, so O.J. Howard got a lot of work. Uh, the, the Goddard in, my, or, uh, in Philadelphia thing is tough. Um, I don't know if we're going to do game by game, so I'm just going to try to work it in. Washington's front there weren't a ton of things that I was surprised by I watched all the games uh Washington's front seven is really good and that dictated a lot of what the Eagles were able to do so we may be seeing a bit of an anomaly with the tight ends being targeted so heavily because Carson Wentz had no time all day having said that those two tight ends are probably their best all-around wide receivers so it, it shouldn't swing wildly but Washington was really impressive against granted any a beat up Eagles front. So I, I have to issue an apology to my significant other who I advised to uh, drop Uh-oh. Dallas Goddard uh, yeah. 20 minutes before kickoff because oh, no. I'm thinking through their offensive line and I'm like, wait a second, they're going to have to ask Goddard to block <laughs> like all day long yeah, to negate the Washington. Yeah. Why, right. Yeah. It's, it's just it. Carson Wentz took eight seconds. Carson Wentz got rocked. Yeah. Uh, Killed. Well, it's okay. She has Chris Herndon, right? So that's two, two <laughs> catches. <laughs> oh, good chance. Oh, make the decision on her own, but I felt really bad being like, this hey, is why, just so you know, I think you should think about this. Here's a couple of This is why options. anytime Becca comes to me and she's like, look, help me set my lineup. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. I cannot do this because if it comes back to bite you, it will be my fault. And I will not take that blame. Yeah, I I did. I gave her like a number of tight ends. It was like, go do your research and and mm. you decide I'll do that. which one of these you want to add. Dropping but dropping the, Goddard for Herden. That's good. Yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'll, also Jordan's not here, but pour a little bit out for Jordan's Blake Jarwin hype. Uh, since that didn't even look Nick's Blake Jarwin hype. Everyone's Sorry. Blake Jarwin hype, I guess. E- everyone's yeah. Damn Jarwin. Jarwin. Oh yeah, there it is. Uh, what's his name? Dark. The backup should you should keep an eye on him because the Cowboys' offense kind of depends on the tight end getting a few grabs. So if you're in a deeper league, if 
forget his name. Uh, you can Google it's it. It's not Blake Bell, is it? That's who's on the depth chart. But I no, think it it's might be. It's so Nick Quick, I do think that's information. Uh, I well, I will talk while you guys look that up. Okay. Um, that's I, I do think. I think that this is a really interesting conversation because. I just I just get the impression that CeeDee Lamb is going to be the guy who kind of Dalton benefits. Dalton Schultz? There you go. Oh, I, like, I saw them get, uh, trying to chuck targets at whoever the, the, the backup was, and it just didn't look like he was any good. So, yeah, how are you guys handling that? If, if you had Jarwin, are you going after the next tight end or, or hoping, you know, you can stash CeeDee Lamb and, and flex him? No, if, if you're, in my opinion, if you were going with Jarwin, you went hyper late on tight end, understanding that you were going to need to pick some up, someone up in stream. If I was in like a 16 team league, I would keep an eye out for Schultz because the Cowboys just like to run with a tight end because of what it does one for Dak, giving him a check down and what it does for the running game. I think that the real offensive production is going to go, or hopefully will go to CeeDee Lamb. Cowboys looked pretty good against the Rams one of the things I was surprised with is I think that the Rams are back their defense looks really good Aaron Donald absolutely wrecked that game against a decent Cowboys front line uh so yeah I think that's where the value is I think Dak's gonna have a little bit more time and the Cowboys are gonna look a little bit better when they're not playing against otherworldly defensive tackles yeah um if I were if I were Blake Jarwin uh, manager if I had him on my roster and he just got injured I think I would just stream the tight end position lots of great options Jack Doyle got a couple of targets like there's I do like yeah. me some Jack Doyle uh all right finally in the news just a little checking in on some big name guys George Kittle I know left Sunday's game for a little bit of time it says that he is now has a knee sprain which will be something to monitor it doesn't seem like it will keep him out of week two but that's certainly something to take note of as the uh 49ers do uh, need at least someone to catch the ball from Jimmy G. And then Michael Thomas had a high ankle sprain uh, against the, the Buccaneers, which is as our doctor resident internet doctor will tell us, that's a hard thing for a wide receiver to play with for the rest of the year. Yeah. uh, High ankle sprains can be up to like six weeks uh, missed. He's, he's being talked about as potentially even playing this week. And I think theoretically, from what I understand, uh, theoretically he can. It doesn't mean he's going to be able to cut though. So I, if, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders might so, be a big time ad. Yeah. So yeah. if if anyone was going to, really cut. oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. If anyone was, was going to Thomas Burns, Anquan Bolden play with a broken face and still perform, I think Michael Thomas is one of the people that would do that. But I think with the Saints getting a win and with their depth. If I'm coaching the Saints, I'm keeping Mike Thomas out until we are two and two or something horrible like that because they should be playing for the long run. And so I just – I don't know how much value that gives people that have Michael Thomas, but if I have a good play opposite of Michael Thomas, I might just go ahead and put him in this week because why would you – why would you ask him to do so much when you're off to a one and no start? Especially with uh, Alvin Kamara looking pretty silky smooth out there. Well, well, Nick mentioned – Emmanuel Sanders too. I mean, a mm-hmm. legitimate number one wide receiver who is just incredibly gifted. And then the Saints have a God. Peyton was just feeling himself yesterday. He was having so much fun playing all these zany, wacky formations in place that worked. And yeah. so, I mean, they got plenty of people to let Michael Thomas rest. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. they, to your point, Clark, they, uh, they, they only got to go knock down the Raiders. So I, I don't think that's a matchup where you're going to need to roll Thomas out there. Cool beans. Well, there you go for the news. And now we're going to get into our new segment that we're going to do every week on the Tuesday show, our panic index. And we will uh, we'll find uh, some amazing drop in post-production to, to put it here. But uh, talking about player who we are feeling like didn't put up a really uh, the stat line we expected them to in the past week and whether or not we are terrified or we're going to help those who have them feel better about it. Uh, and I will start us off as someone who both rosters this player and I made the mistake of doing it again. I did it last year. I'm doing it again because I just talked myself into it and I could not do it. I bought into the Browns offense again, you guys, with Odell Beckham. Uh, and he did not come through in week one. He did have 10 targets, but only caught three of them for 22 yards. Now, the thing that uh, scares me the most about this, because this panic index is real. I, I am high on the panic index. So Mike Taglieri from Fantasy Pros tweeted this out. He said he went through and rewatched all of Odell's targets in week one. He's still the same player as always. Baker Mayfield's accuracy was horrendous. This could have easily been a 100-plus yard game for OBJ versus a tough secondary. You can always see the frustration. This terrifies me. It terrifies me that Odell is going to be rendered useless by Baker Mayfield and the entire Browns ethos of just, like, sucking and being unable to achieve any kind of greatness. So I'm going to hold on to Odell for a little bit of time to see if things can remedy themselves in year two. But shit, I feel like I'm going to like this is I feel like I'm Groundhog Day all, all over again. And uh, I'm going to have to trade Odell in like week three or week four to try to save face. Pete, I'm going to try and talk you off the ledge here. Uh, Thanks, the Browns played the Ravens, who are an incredibly good football team. Uh, we had a lot of divisional matchups this weekend. And so while there were some high scoring games, I think a lot of teams uh, ended up playing those knockdown drag out divisional matchups that always surprise the heck out of us. Uh, and during the middle of the season so yeah things looked bad for the Browns Jarvis Landry was getting all of the targets but I think Jarvis Landry was getting all the targets because he was a good second option to a Browns team that was just getting killed uh now if the Browns go and lay an egg in week two again well then I'm not going to think it was just the Ravens uh, but I think the Ravens are really good and they beat a mediocre Browns team so don't don't jump just yet that's true the Browns are playing the Bengals next week all right, all right, oh, all right. Nice. So, so far, hold on. Pete, you stole my Mike Taglier reference that I was going to try to uh, turn your opinion around with, and now, now you're talking about their schedule, so I'm just going to have to get in here and <laughs> it's find get something in here. to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, last week, I, I, uh, I have uh, a share or two of Odell, and I benched him for Hollywood, and I felt really good about that, uh, to Clark's point. Uh, the, the Ravens defense is just outstanding. They, they control the clock well on offense, rushing the football. Uh, the one thing I thought, okay, maybe Odell could get loose uh, just with them losing free safety Earl Thomas to start the season. I, but, you know, that just wasn't the case. Their, their secondary is too strong. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals is, is just a, a trash heap on defense. And I, another thing to consider is that they're, they're implementing a new system on two weeks of practice. That's really difficult to do. They finally had some live fire practice against uh, the Ravens. This is another divisional game coming up in week two. I will be putting Odell right back in my lineup. After that, Washington now is kind of scary with their D-line, but the Browns, one of the thing they invested in after their 
idiot previous GM nuked their offensive line is that they're a line like they, they yeah. boosted up their, their offensive line. I'm not afraid of Washington's uh, secondary after that Dallas that did not really look like a world beating defense there. So I'm, I'm hopeful that what we have here is sort of a, I guess a matchup dependent wide receiver too, who can have these huge boom weeks with his, you know, game breaking speed. Thank you both. I appreciate what you've done for me. Uh, Clark, who do you got for the panic index this week? Uh, so mine's a, a don't panic. And I hope this isn't too much of a softball, but DJ shark, who I expect to finish the season as a top 12 wide receiver, even on a you know relatively pedestrian offense, he ended up getting a touchdown, but only had uh, on the box sheet, a couple of targets and a couple of catches. Uh, but what we saw from the Jaguars that uh, Gardner Minshew is taking a huge step forward in his second year, being a really uh, game manager plus, which I think is like, you want that out of your second year quarterback. You don't want him trying to do everything unless they're Lamar Jackson and Minshew's not. Uh, so the Jaguars actually look like they had a really functional offense. And despite them matriculating the ball down the field, very smartly running and passing, they still took a couple of shots to DJ Chark. He drew a pass interference on one. And so you know that Gardner Minshew understands part of this offense is, hey, DJ Chark's one-on-one. I'm just going to chuck it up to him. Uh, Chark looked fast. The rest of the Jaguars supporting cast on offense looked good. So I think we have many huge weeks from DJ Chark incoming, and I'm not going to panic just because he only had 26 yards in week one. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think the fact that Gardner Minshew came out and in his second year, like looked comfortable, was moving the ball well, was 19 for 20 um, and for 173 yards and three touchdowns. Like it just, like you said, Clark, the, the Jags offense under Jay Gruden just looked like they knew what they were doing. Like it looked like they had a plan. Um, and so I would trust them to be able to roll that out on some days, but also on other days when they're down a lot or the plan's not working, like what you said, oh, DJ Chark's one-on-one, let's just bomb it to him. So I, as long as this offense is looking functioning, and Gardner Minshew continues to look smart with the football. I would, I have no worry in DJ shark performing uh, fantasy wise moving forward. Uh, I, I feel similarly. Uh, I, I think it's noteworthy to point out that his, uh, although he only had 25 yards, he also did post a touchdown and uh, he did. So I was uh, from the state, the line scrimmage with the six yard line. So we like to see that when they're in the red zone, one of his primary reads is, is still shark and any uh, they, they hooked up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm what he, what he finished 10, 11 points in fantasy. Like that's, that's totally a okay yeah. for where we drafted him. I just yeah. really want an excuse to talk about the Jaguars who I shit on all the time. And after watching them play what I think is going to end up being a good defense with a good offense and a divisional opponent and look so good, the Jaguars are going to have, I think a surprisingly good year. Uh, James Robinson, who came out of nowhere, looked very fast and very quick. And LaVisca Chenault looks like he's bigger than everybody else that he's playing against. Like, this is pretty exciting times for the Jaguars after week one. Yeah, we'll talk We'll talk some some Chenaulty, Nulty, some Nick Chenaulty. Get the Nick Nulty reference. Well done by me. Uh, we'll talk about him later. Nick, uh, wrap up the panic index. Yeah. I'm going to narrative street the shit out of this. So last last year, uh, George Kittle suffered a hyperextended knee. He told reporters, quote, that he feels fantastic. And he ended up with a patellar tendon sprain and cost him a bunch of games. Uh, Week one of this year, he hyperextends the other knee, tells a reporter he feels fantastic. 
what's coming next? Missing a couple games. Um, so information is, is like really only just coming out uh, an hour or two before we started uh, recording this show. But they've confirmed that he does have a sprain. All I can think is, okay, is the exact same injury mechanism. I, I think the, the fear is that it would be a sprained patellar tendon. A, a sprain is a teeny tiny tear. We know from watching, uh, like Jimmy Graham, a patellar tendon tear, if you actually tear that, it is devastating, and especially for a tight end. So that's a silly point. It's devastating for anybody, but a big body guy, is, it's going to be a lot harder. Um, anyway, Kittle, uh, if he actually does have a little uh, sprain on the patellar tendon, that's not something that they can take a chance with, and I am concerned that he will this time, uh, if not, you know, multiple weeks, at, at least week two. But on the plus side, I do think that Jordan Reed is like a totally viable tight end one streaming option. Yeah, the, the Niners were one of the more surprising things that looked absolutely terrible. But again, we kind of kind of telegraphed they have they have no wide receivers. And, and we yeah. knew that. And that's not a surprise, but they looked like they had no wide receivers. And with George Kittle out. I mean, Kyle Juszczyk was out there catching balls and, you know, being an effective asset in the passing game. And that's cute and everything. And it's nice to be able to do it. But you really do not want to rely on your fullback to be a major part of your passing game. So Niners are going to have to put all four of those running backs to work if they're going to get through the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, they yeah. did mention that Mohamed Sanu might be an option because uh, uh, Debo – well, yeah, because he, he Shanahan does know him because they coached together, or he coached uh, uh, Sanu, but Debo did, uh, he said he did suffer a setback. I mean, yeah, I'm Debo. sure Bill O'Brien would give up Brandon Cooks <laughs> if the Niners <laughs> took a first-round pick, too. What about, what about no, 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 but what if they traded uh, Tevin Coleman? Bill like, there's wide Tevin. receiver talent out there, right? Tevin and, Coleman, and Tevin so, Coleman for, for Brandon Cooks. Bill O'Brien says he, yes. Kyle Shanahan... He wants to he wants to move in with Tevin Coleman. He's not going to let him go somewhere else. <laughs> All right, Jared McKinnon has one good game. <laughs> now he's going for Brandon Cooks. But how about Mostert? I feel like that was a miss for me. Mostert's yeah, obviously looked, the starter and looked really good. Yeah, like, he did. Look I really may be good. the last person to this party, but I'm a know, little I'm, I'm a little uh, upset. I have no shares of him. I was wrong. Mostert is good and he's the starter. All right, I'm going to change your minds in, in 30 seconds. Yes. Ooh, special edition it's, Panic Index. It's, it's simply the that of the panic index. Tevin Coleman has sickle cell, and uh, it in the Santa Clara air, it didn't quite get to like toxic for everybody levels, but he was questionable as to whether or not he was going to be able to play because of the sickle cell trait. I'm uh, really liking, honestly, all of the San Francisco backs as they go to New York this week. It's a you know it's terrible defense, so they're they're in a, a really good situation. I agree that Raheem Mostert is still the the lead back, but I think that Tevin Coleman is going to get double, if not more, touches than he got in Week One. Saucy, I like it. Good. Uh, and how insulting Kittle. is it that going to New York, unless you mean Buffalo, is like yeah, start them, start everybody. <laughs> uh, George Kittle, please, please. Uh, stay healthy yeah how do you let emmanuel sanders go i don't yeah i mean i anyway not great uh all right well, we're gonna talk a uh, week one waiver wire <laughs> talk some week one waiver wire ads uh but before we do we're gonna take a quick ad break get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. And now that we've seen actual football, now it is time to dive into those waiver wires, dive into, you know, figuring out who is the perfect player to be adding to your squad. Where's the hole in your roster that you need to fill? We've already touched on two guys who I think are, uh, are must-start or must-gets. Uh, and that's Naheem Heise and Dallas Goddard, especially if you are someone who has been played by tight end injury. I mean, George Kittle, I just talked about that. Maybe I got to go get Dallas Goddard to back up George Kittle on my on my roster. We shall see. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. Who is a, a top waiver wire target for you? Top football player. A top um, football player from a football team for you. So just – uh, touting touting my uh, my preview uh, series from this summer and and training camp, Malcolm Brown, he he was always kind of an overlooked piece of this backfield as far as the drafting public was concerned, and I I didn't really understand it. Cam Akers is obviously an outstanding athlete; he's very fun to watch. Uh, the same is true of uh Darrell Henderson but you know Henderson but both of those guys came from uh I'm, I'm just I'm gonna get the the schemes wrong but they came from very different schemes than than what the Rams want to uh than what the Rams use and Malcolm Brown was kept I'm just looking it up here they, they put I think it was a a second round tender on him when I think it was Detroit tried to sign him away in the offseason, like they they showed us that they did not want to let Malcolm Brown go. That's that's not a small amount of money that they paid him, and they, they blocked another team from paying him. Um, Acres got the start, but Brown. I mean, you know, box scores can lie here and there, but Brown pretty sufficiently outrushed him. Uh, actually, uh, doubled his his rushing totals, and added three catches for thirty one yards. Uh, in the passing game. So I do think that, that Cam Akers will be a threat to take over as the season progresses and Akers is able to adjust and learn the new scheme and all that. But for right now, I think in, in Yahoo leagues, Malcolm Brown is owning like 25% of leagues or something. You've you got like an 18 touch running back in this guy. So he needs to be added. So, yeah, I liked what we saw out of Brown, even though I'm a huge Akers uh, truther, I have some, shares of Malcolm Brown because he was free and why wouldn't you hedge you know making a big swing like that uh I like the note that you said you know sometimes box scores lie box scores lie all the time uh but <laughs> Akers looked like a hesitant rookie and Malcolm Brown looked like he just knew knew what he was doing out there and he, he took full advantage of getting uh the touches in the hot hand approach and looked really good against the Dallas team that I think is uh you know they said this in the broadcast a million times but I agree they are set up to play against the pass more frequently and the Rams offensive line looks like it's again decent uh, so Brown took full advantage I think he's a great pickup and until you see Akers rest that start 
back from him. I think Malcolm Brown's going to, why, why wouldn't you let him keep doing it until he proves that he can't do it anymore? So. Right. And this is, and we, Sean McVay's offense, like Todd Gurley, who everyone is paranoid about his knees and loves the fact that he's injured and broken and, and can't walk anymore, scored 14 total touchdowns last year. So like Malcolm Brown, if he is that starting back for the Rams for the entire year, or even for the next couple of weeks, like that's, I would say that firmly puts him in RB two territory and with the potential of, you know, having RB one weeks from here to there. So if you can get that off waivers for free, hundred percent, go do that. Clark, who are you looking to add off waivers this week? So I've got a couple one that's kind of cheating. Uh, Devontae Parker went out with a, I believe a hamstring injury and the Dolphins offense was kind of cooking a la how Ryan Fitzpatrick cooked. And so Preston Williams is only on about 38% of Yahoo leagues, but for a little bit of a deeper cut, uh, we've got Joshua Kelly from the chargers who looked really good with Justin Jackson out and behind Austin Eckler. I think that the chargers are going to be very boring. And so there's going to be plenty of room for two running backs to make it. So if you think that Austin Eckler is a little bit too small, or if you think they're going to look for a thunder and lightning combination, Joshua Kelly looked really good against granted, a very bad and quote me on this very bad for the entire season Bengals squad the same Bengals squad that's going to get odell beckham back on the racehorse yeah 12 yeah. percent for joshua kelly so deep cut so what, what we kind of like really love about kelly's fantasy football is a, a game of like two three weeks at a time and the next two games are against kansas city and carolina kansas city invites opposing actively wants you them. to run on them yeah so you can just you know run your way to a loss while they run up the scoreboard <laughs> um carolina i mean there there's a reason i i mean we should get into the josh jacobs stuff at some point here but Ooh, yeah. carolina's defense is I have no shares of him it is well again we have to table this or else it's going to get hot and spicy <laughs> um but Carolina Panthers, their defense is just it's just terrible. They had to spend seven picks on rookies. They didn't – excuse me. They spent all of their rookie draft picks on defensive players for a reason. Teams are just – offenses are going to pulverize these guys all season long. So, Josh Kelly, if we can get – you know, use our, our week one waiver ad for, like, a flex slash RB2 that we can just set for two weeks and forget about it, by all means, let's do that. Especially since we saw last year, like, the Chargers offense can – support at least what we saw last year can support two fantasy viable running backs austin eckler obviously had a huge year last year but when melvin gordon came back you know he still scored i think like 10 touchdowns uh or or eight touchdowns and so like if joshua kelly has locked up that second back gig then i by all means i think that the this offense certainly can support the two i i will he's a game away from it he's a game away from it he looked really good and he shouldn't have played yesterday because uh, just because Justin Jackson was ahead of him, mm-hmm. but if he comes out and does that again, he he will be the number two. I would like to quickly though, Anthony Lynn. I know Anthony Lynn uh, has addressed this already, but as an avid listener to the podcast, if you could not build your game plan around not giving your best offensive weapon the ball in space, that would be great. Let's just start targeting Austin Eckler a little bit more in the passing game. Uh, you know, let's give him at least more than a catch. Just throwing it out there, Anthony. Take my advice, whatever. Let's uh, let's try to get Austin Eckler a little bit more involved in the passing game next week. It's going to be a tough year for the Chargers. The, 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 they had to 
count on country music star Randy Bullock missing a field goal <laughs> at the end of the game to win. It's oh boy. Also, I enjoy you, this one. Did you see Joe Burrow's face after that? That is the face of a man who's just realized how cursed the Bengals organization is and what his next five years are going to look like. Yeah. Welcome to the big leagues, Joe. Uh, all right. Randy Bullock, my, everyone. <laughs> my waiver wire ad uh, of. The Texans fame of Texans fame. Of Texans yeah. Fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know that. who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good for him. Like, yeah, whatever. I don't like being mean. That was fun. That was fun. I went radio silent yesterday and then watched all the games on game pass. And so I could mm. fast forward through all of the, everything other than the football. <laughs> it was majestic. Yeah. That's the way to watch. I feel like is just, just to be able to like have the, little fast forward zoomy thing oh look who's charging down the stairs uh all right my fuck- hot. oh yeah bert doesn't go anywhere easily he's just careening down we had to teach him because our apartment doesn't have stairs so he didn't really know what stairs were or how to handle them until he came here so now he just he just takes them head of steam if he wipes out he wipes out but he does it looking good uh all right my waiver ad this week we talked about LaVisca Chenault, obviously, earlier in the podcast, but also way back in our AFC, what are they, South uh, preview, where I used to talk about him as a potential sleeper. This offense, we said it before, it looks good. It looks like it's able to ha- at least have a plan. And the thing that I liked the most about what we saw from it was the fact that LaVisca Chenault was used in all the different ways that we had spoken about. He had two carries for 10 yards and three catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, those numbers aren't, like, mind-blowing but the fact that he was seeing both work in the ground game and also as a receiver like that is something that I am 100% here for and I think that's what his niche is going to be in this Jaguars offense is kind of like a gadgety player as well as he could emerge he has certainly the talent on the field to emerge as that number two wide receiver next to DJ Chark yeah he looked like a wide receiver to me he looked like a big guy and I know that and you know like with DJ Chark these yardage totals aren't big but I think uh, Minshew only had like 180 yards yep. it was a slow game they ran the ball really effectively and uh, you know if it wasn't for a couple of huge Philip Rivers interceptions they probably lose this game like you said they had a plan they looked smart and they look like they under- you said that they use Chanel as kind of a gadget player and and technically they did but it didn't seem like that when you're watching the game it just seemed like he was the second wide receiver and then he was all over the place and then he looked good yeah I think he's what I didn't get to draft in Jalen Hurd which is the team's starting slot receiver who also just gets tricky ass goal line carries which just pushes him over the edge Jay Gruden was scheming it up on the he was yesterday I gotta give credit that was Jay Jay Grugu that's his that's his new nickname that's what people in the know call him Jay Jay Grugu we do not <laughs> two out of three people appear to not endorse this nickname. Nick is loving it. What do you mean? Nick is hundred percent here for JJ Grugu. <laughs> Move on. This is dog cute. <laughs> I have a boring waiver ad. Are we all yeah. is everyone, this is gross and I'm sorry. Okay. Frank Gore is going to get a lot of volume next. <laughs> Frank Gore never fucking dies. So I yeah. don't think he is. I think he's going to split it with, with Josh Adams. Okay, we'll see. Okay. Talk about coaches <laughs> wanting to live with running backs that they keep bringing along. I mean. No, I, I uh, prior to like Josh Adams out touching him, I would have thought the same thing. But now I don't, I don't know. Either way, it's, it, 
we all hope that you did not listen to us, dear listeners, or that you listened to us, dear listeners, uh, and did not touch Le'Veon Bell, no matter how far he fell. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell, who looked great running routes out of the backfield before he hurt his hamstring, and like the irony of ironies, tweeting, my hamstrings are fine, only to the hamstring. hamstring. Well, that's the thing. I don't even know if I can trust, <laughs> like, is Bell hurt? I think he is. Who yeah. knows anything? I put the over under at what eight and a half games for, for Gase? Gase? Yeah, yeah, Gase isn't lasting to Halloween. I'll tell you that much. But why and why would it? Like why? 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 why He's you? garbage. Absolute trash. And Jamison Crowder's big touchdown catch was a screen. By the way, <laughs> trash. Also, Jamison Crowder who had like seventeen targets or whatever his number. Yeah, one. was it you, Nick? That was like this is still going to be a thing. Yeah, whoever. Yeah, said I've, that I've been I've been pushing. Just well, strictly in in the majority of leagues that award anything for a reception. Yeah, he was he was a must hundred percent his ADP. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's start it. Let's make uh points per target a cool thing. Should we make that a cool league? <laughs> Jameson Crowder goes one on one. Yeah, wide receiver two. I just want to talk about the games for like two hours. But Go. I guess we don't have time for that. Clark, this is our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Make the people the zero listen to surprising things. Zero surprising things from the Seahawks and Falcons. We were totally right that Matt Ryan's going to throw for like 4,000 yards and then all of the wide receivers good. Chris Carson getting work as a receiver is like... Love it. Love to see it. Love to wow. see it. Yeah. I'm going to try to keep this short, but the amount of people who have contacted me from Seattle to be like, you finally let Russ cook... One, fuck you, Pete Carroll. This is 10 years too late. I'm not giving you any credit. Never going to be happy. Check. Never going to be happy. (laughs) But two, was it the script? Was it like, was it the scripted plays? I don't know. And, And if it goes south in one game, I am not confident that Pete Carroll will not just go right back to like, all right, Carson, Carlos Hyde, 30 carries. Let's go. Let's do this. Faith in this. Uh, I saw Carlos Hyde get a handoff and hit the hole really hard. And I was just like, oh no, Nick's going to be I so know. upset. <laughs> oh man. Maul Williams uh, is going to be a thorn in the side for Aaron Jones owners uh, all season on high leverage. We need the running back to do something other than hit the hole plays. Jamal Williams was in there a lot of the times, uh, but Aaron Jones was there on the goal line. So also Devonta ooh, Parker. Holy mother of God. Jamal Williams is one of my favorite players. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know a lot of football players that make like child's Disney movies references during their interviews frequently, but Jamal Williams he's, does. He's got that. Like he's that. got that on lockdown. Also, I 100% think the big the Aaron Rodgers fu season is alive and well. Oh, yep. Four touchdowns, baby. Yeah, sucks so your this, running game. This is gonna be fun because there's gonna be so Seahawks, Packers, and Raiders are all things that like. It is Nick versus the podcast on, and this is going to get really, really interesting. <laughs> Wait, the Raiders um, are not for real. Do you think they're for real? No, but just Josh Jackson. No, and Josh, the Jacobs. Game. Josh oh, Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. I I didn't say he's not good. I think he's oh, very okay. good. Nick said he's uh, trash. But the, but the that's right. Yeah, no, it's the same thing as I hate Larry Fitzgerald. Um, oh my god, so no, much. I just, Nick I, despises Larry Fitzgerald. I just can't stand him. Um, <laughs> no, so it's I. Jacobs, the 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 carousel of receiving backs they had going in there. I like I put Jacobs as like the running back six for a reason last week. It's just told people sell high. I I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see if he keeps the passing game work. 
I it, go ahead. The the Panthers are not good. I just think that Josh Jacobs is good. This this may be a high water mark. I just think that he's a solid player. If you could parlay Josh Jacobs into Julio or something like that, if someone just really is in love with him, I'd cut him loose. But it was fun to watch him play against a wretched Panthers defense. Agreed. Agreed. The the so one, I'm I'm still not certain that he actually has the passing game role locked up. And two, I mean, if you guys look at the, the, this schedule, like New Orleans, New England, Buffalo, okay, he gets Kansas City, then he goes on by, then it's back to Tampa Bay. Like, that's right. These next like six weeks are going to be really tough. And if we look at, at last year, he had seven TDs and wins and zero in losses. And unless they actually do what I would love for them to do, is commit to him in the passing game. Hey, yeah. This could be a, a second round pick that you were not getting a lot of stuff from. Yeah, and to, to take a second to talk about New Orleans and Tampa Bay, since I don't think we talked about them a lot. Uh, I think Tom Brady's going to be fine, and I'm panic index extra credit. Mike Evans, oh boy. You know how Tom Brady just decides that you're not going to be a part of the offense anymore? When Mike you Evans don't run the route that you're supposed to run and he throws an interception? Yeah, that's how it happens. I, you know, I hope that they have a quiche together and get through it, but not yeah. a good first week for Mike Evans. Uh, quickly, before we go, just because Jordan's not here, Scotty Miller is How a thing, s- everyone. How about Scotty fucking so Miller? Fun. Scotty Miller is a thing. So go add him off waivers. And uh, Jordan was right for all the right reasons. Uh, he was open. He was running the little routes that uh, when Brady is under pressure, he wants to go to the guy to where he knows where he's going to be. Uh, You know, Godwin was getting work. And I think Godwin, I think I was wrong about him. He's going to have a huge year because Brady has eyes for him. But Scotty Miller, man, Jordan. Scotty Miller. I don't know if anyone who was talking about Scotty Miller in June, like our boy Jordan was. (laughs) I was talking about Scotty Miller like last year. He was like, (laughs) Super deep dynasty ad at the end when everyone was getting injured. When Brashad Perryman got injured for the Bucks, Jordan was like, you know, this Scotty Miller guy. Yeah. Is is the fear here that Scotty is gonna like edge out Mike Evans? Mike no. Evans is on the trade block. So no, go, break it down, Clark. Clark, what, it's yeah. that he'll remain the wide receiver three, and Evans has like a really uh destructive falling out with the team year as the wide receiver one that gets just no stats just and he's off the team next year (laughs) not because he's not good but because i mean so it's one week you don't want to overreact but uh, it's not just because they said it on the broadcast it's because it's what happened mike evans just decided to stop on a route and it was a pick because he just decided to stop and Brady looks four years younger this year, by the way. Yeah. But looked very good. upset. That I that didn't happened. recognize him. He looked yeah. good. That Tampa Whatever Sun, he's doing eating. great things for his skin. I want to eat that. Um, <laughs> but then he had some some mistakes, you know, later in the game. Like, I think he got a big penalty or something. Yeah. And, you know, that's... Sack fumble. I will not argue that Brady is, like, the greatest person in the world, whatever. But, like, if Tom Brady does not like you, he has a major say in whether or not you're going to get the football as the quarterback. And he has frozen people out before so i hope that they're able to get over it i think mike evans is a good football player but another week of this oh boy Ooh. i don't know mike evans headlining the panic index that's that's there's the there's the I, uh there's the lead i like that's to how keep you get the people positive, listening but yeah that's how you get the people clicking yeah. 
All right. Well, that's always looked quick, and he was just getting good passes, and he and he had a down the field shot too. So yeah, Scotty Miller. Uh, All right, that's all we got for you this week. It was all kinds of chaos, but that's what week one is all about, baby. It's all about accepting it and loving that chaos, welcoming it, letting it into your home like it's a vampire and it has to be invited. Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That is how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and basketball podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up with any fantasy questions you've got. We'd love to interact. You can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. And Nick, you can follow at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you Thursday for starts and sits. Until then. Peace.